You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget on Moody Radio 89.3. So glad that we've got Josh Clemens on with us, soon to be Dr. Josh Clemens. He's pursuing right now his PhD from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's also the executive director of One Race Movement. It's really an organization that's helping to bring that racial reconciliation that we have strove for in our country for quite a while. And now he's co-written this book with Hazen Stevens called No Own and Change. And Josh, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. It's a privilege to be with you all this morning. Uh, I it a joy to, to tune in here and to, to share what God is doing through, through our, our mission. Well, I think that, that moves us perfectly into One Race Movement. What is it? How did it get started? Tell us about this ministry. You know, it is not a secret that here in this country that we have a dark racial past uh, that continues to linger and to impact us into the present. And it was a group of pastors, uh, me being one of those pastors, and us gathering together, really seeking the Lord about how do we lean into um, one of the most Oh, one of the, the, the most serious issues of our time being race and reconciliation. Uh, this was back in the summer of 2016, uh, which was fraught with racial injustice and racial evil and conversations around race. And the Lord gave us this idea, this approach around championing gospel-centered reconciliation, seeking to affirm the Imago Dei impressed upon all people. Um, And then One Race Movement was born. Josh Clemens, who is the author of No Own Change, Journeying Towards God's Heart for Reconciliation, and also the executive director of One Race Movement. Now, you've been able to tap Dr. John Perkins for not just the foreword for your book, but you've been able to spend some time with him. And this is really an elder in in today's civil rights movement. So what was it about spending time with him that it really just poured into you the importance of this mission? Yeah, you know, there's a phrase that stands out to me when I think about John Perkins. He said, Josh, we have got to raise the conversation on reconciliation and justice back to the common language of love. Now, it's not that this is such a profound statement, But it is profound coming from a 92-year-old man who just had a birthday yesterday, a 92-year-old man who was beaten within an inch of his life. It's profound to hear that from someone who lived through segregation and Jim Crow and other grave evils there in the South, uh, his home state being Mississippi. It's profound coming from someone who has undoubtedly had dark nights of the soul with regard to race. Yet, this man has a track record of being able to reach across lines and to speak truth and to be faithful to the gospel, um, to really pave the way for guys like myself and Hazen and others who are doing good gospel work related to race and reconciliation. And so when I think about Dr. John Perkins, I always come back to that quote. We've got to raise the conversation back to love. 
and it's profound because he has lived through so much, but the transforming power of love is something that continues to be a touchstone for him. Hmm. Amazing. Uh, You know, you end the book with change the story and then 10 commitments to reconsider. Now, we, now, we're not going to get the book. You can look through all 10 of those. But uh, there are, you say, three commitments that we can kind of implement even right now in our lives. Could you quickly go through those? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the first things that let me even back up from there. Often we want to start with with doing right. Hmm. And with this process, we call believers back to seeing it correctly so that we can do effectively, right? It isn't that doing justice, doing mercy, living righteously are wrong. No, 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 the Bible invites us to it. We just want you to see it more clearly. Um, So I do think that it's important that we discuss what actions we can take to be a part of the healing and reconciliation that we wanna see in the world. And so uh, I'll start with none other than join a justice or mercy initiative and serve long-term. I think that's critical that we, as the body of Christ, are involved in making wrong things right in the world. If racism uh, has wreaked the kind of havoc that it has in the world, then we, who profess to be believers in Jesus Christ, ought to be bridges to hope, ought to be bridges to restoration. We ought to be found doing the work of mercy and justice in the world. And so we invite believers to serve a justice or mercy initiative long-term. The next thing is that we invite believers to be educated, right? We can't underestimate the power of this because when we see things right, we then have the opportunity to do something about what we're seeing. Well, Josh, you just talked to us about knowing the story. Well, we, we tell believers to stay in the fight of educating, right? I'm actually presently here in Jamestown, Virginia. Well, Jamestown, Virginia is, is the first place that um, the White Lion, which was a slave-carrying ship, docked for the first time here in America. And we're going to retrace some of the steps and visit some of the historical sites because that matters to me. And I want to be ever growing and understanding how deep and wide the chasm of races and how far we have come and how much further we have to go. Digress on that point. So first thing, uh, serve a justice initiative long-term. Second thing, uh, educate yourself, always be growing. And then the final thing is center yourself on the great reconciler. Oftentimes within movements of reconciliation and justice, we start to serve a sort of surrogate gospel, meaning that we make the functions and the actions and the outcomes the main thing when Jesus is the main thing. He went to Calvary so that we could be reconciled to him and that we could be reconciled to each other, back to family, right? He makes it possible for black people and white people, for Asian people and Latino people, for male people and female people, for people across ethnicities and diversity to come together and sit together at the table of brotherhood to be a part of the same family. He makes it possible for us to be reconciled. And so I like to remind folks who are in this space or folks who are embarking upon this space to keep Jesus front and center. Uh, and 
he will lead and guide you into all truth. So if I'm hearing you right, this is a this is a call for a, a revival in our nation. Is that correct? In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, absolutely. This problem is deeply entrenched. Let's just think about it. So I'm standing here in Jamestown presently. Uh, in 1619, the first slaves were brought here to America and sold, right? This started the dark night of slavery. Well, this would go on for 246 years. From 1619 to 1865 is 246 years. Well, from 1865 to 1964 with the Civil Rights Act, 1965 with the Voting Rights Act is 100 additional years. Well, that's 346 years total and approximately 86% of our history as a nation that's steeped in legislated racism. Do you track where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we need a revival. We need believers to launch out into the deep and to begin to tackle this issue of race that's deeply entrenched in society so that we can become whole, so that the church can emerge as credible uh, witnesses to the world. Um, and we definitely need the power of the Holy Spirit as we do these things because it's fraught with difficulty. But through the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that we can make a tremendous impact. 